Welcome to Dragon Talk. What's going on, everyone? I am Greg Tito. I am the co-host of Dragon Talk, but I don't have a co-host with me right now. Miss Shelley Mazenoble is on the vacations still in upstate New York. For all of you who are paying attention at home, uh, yes, of course, New York figures prominently in uh, Shelley's vacation. Uh, we miss her dearly, but the show must go on, and we are here to uh, introduce a episode of Dragon Talk that we recorded back in the day, uh, not too far ago. It was uh, when our friends Jenny Bendel and Benjamin Looms from Sirenscape were here in the office, uh, so stay tuned for that interview. Uh, two amazing individuals. Ben uh, has been creating Sirenscape for, uh, I think he said four years, uh, doing all of the recording and uh, programming, uh, maybe some other uh, folks help with the programming side of things, but definitely all the sound mixing and uh, recording and uh, for the Sirenscape soundboard are all done by Ben. Uh, and then Jenny Bendel is a former employee here at Wizards of the Coast who has been helping him out uh, with promotion and marketing, and they were here uh, to talk, uh, and uh, it was awesome to have Jenny here. I had never met her before, uh, but Shelly uh, and her had some uh, stories from uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, uh, Yore, uh, which was really cool. So check that interview out. Uh, Sirenscape is developing a sound pack for use with Waterdeep Dragon Heist. All of that will be coming out on September 7th. It is going to be in game stores on that date, on September 7th, but you'll be able to download a sound pack within the Sirenscape uh, material that will have sound effects made specifically for the Dragon Heist adventure, including uh, voices from people here in the office, such as the amazing... Uh, and I, this is when I should have had it open and ready to play, um, of the amazing Chris Perkins doing uh, Volothamp Gadarn, uh, as well as some other people you might recognize from The Office in uh, many crowd scenes and things like that. It's very cool. Uh, it's got some read-aloud text, so you'll be able to use it uh, throughout your adventuring within Waterdeep. Um, and uh, if you haven't checked out... Um, Sirenscape at all, you totally should. Uh, it is awesome for people to use and uh, enhance their games uh, by adding sound effects, music, all kinds of fun stuff. So check it out if you haven't already. And again, get ready for Waterdeep Dragon Heist coming out on September 7th with this sound pack ready to go, uh, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, so now I feel like I have to uh, at least give you a little bit of a hint of uh, what this sound is. Uh, so here we go. Uh, here is what it sounds like in the Yawning Portal. Sounds pretty bad uh, because that's it's not going through the board, so uh, Ryan is hating me right now. Uh, but here, let me show you some of Volo. You'll be adventurers, am I right? I could use your help. Let's find a table to talk, shall we? That is pretty cool. Uh, I can't wait for that. Um, and again, you'll get that on September 7th when it uh, releases in, uh, in game stores and available on Sirenscape. Uh, you should also just find out more about Dragon Heist itself, which is a Urin adventure set in the city of Waterdeep. You will be playing as a, uh, a member of the adventurer's uh, ilk who is approached by none other than Volo uh, uh, and uh, get on an adventure, 
searching for a treasure that is buried beneath the city, vying against all kinds of factions within the city that are more powerful than you. So you have to use all kinds of uh, intellect and deceit and uh, perhaps even diplomacy uh, to avoid some of the larger challenges there. So go check that out while you can. Um, it is, again, uh, September 7th in game stores, but everywhere else on uh, September 18th. Uh, and I can't wait for that. We also have Dungeon of the Mad Mage coming uh, this fall uh, in uh, game stores on November 2nd and a wide release on November 13th everywhere else. Uh, that is an awesome book that details all of the levels of Undermountain, the mega dungeon below the city of Waterdeep. It's a perfect transition after uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist to uh, move your characters into adventuring below the city. Lots of great stuff there. We've been doing some, uh, Lori said, knows about what's happening below there, including Skullport. Uh, we might even get to a few of them uh, uh, very soon. Uh, in addition to that, we got Dragon Heist Dice, uh, which is a set of dice, uh, w- including two D20s that you can use to roll advantage or disadvantage, and a hit point tracker. This is the cool little fun thing on here. It's basically two discs with uh, uh, numerals 0 through 9 on it, and you can turn them in order to track uh, hit points. It's probably the most obvious thing, but you can also use it for anything that you need to track numerical charges for. Uh, those will be out on November 13th. And uh, we also, uh, I, I, I can't not, there's so many things to, that we've been announcing recently, so I want to make sure you guys all know about it. Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica is a uh, D&D book in the world of Magic's Ravnica, which is a large uh, city. Uh, if you don't know what magic it is, it's Magic the Gathering. It's a trading card game uh, that is also developed here within uh, Wizards of the Coast. There's tons of great lore uh, involved with that city, and for the first time, you'll be able to purchase a product that details what it's like to play uh, a tabletop role-playing game like Dungeons & Dragons within the world of Ravnica, and uh, it's a pretty cool thing all of the guys that are working on it and uh, the women are working on it are very excited about this melding of uh, these two great uh, game lores uh, and I can't wait for more people to check it out so that'll be out in game stores on November 9th and everywhere else uh, November 20th and it of course dovetails nicely with the Ravnica set of magic cards that are coming out uh, I believe a month earlier than that. Uh, so you'll get all of that lore from the flavor task of those cards and be able to play as a guild master uh, or a guild member, rather, in Ravnica itself. Uh, we'll do have more information about that uh, going forward. Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms has got lots of amazing characters within it that you can play from D&D, uh, including... Uh, yeah, I'm including Jarl Axel from the Bregendarth, which will be one of the conversations I have uh, very soon with uh, Mr. Chris Perkins on Lore You Should Know. Uh, as well, many of our friends from the Dice Camera Action team, that's right, the Waffle Crew, are within Idle Champions as well. You can recruit them, send them out on adventures. They collect loot and kill monsters in real time. It's a fun, uh, great, light strategy game uh, that you should check out if you haven't already. Roll 20. Uh, is an amazing way to play World of Dungeons & Dragons games online with your friends. If you can't meet up with anyone, get together with them online uh, through the amazing video conferencing software that's out there and uh, check it out. They have added their character mancer, which allows you to set up your own character within Roll20 itself. Uh, you can do that with purchasing the player's handbook in Roll20 as well. Uh, lots of fun stuff. Uh, tools at your disposal for dungeon masters as well as players alike within the Roll20 framework. So I suggest you check that out as you can. 
Um, one final thing I want to make sure everyone knows about before I get to our lore segment is Neverwinter Ravenloft is out on PC, uh, Xbox, and PlayStation. You can find out more at playneverwinter.com, but it is an MMO action-oriented uh, in which you can uh, explore the city of Neverwinter uh, and uh, with you know for those who are um, cu- up with uh, the level cap, you can now jump into Ravenloft and contend against Strahd von Zerovich himself, uh, which is super interesting and fun. Uh, so I suggest uh, you, if you're interested in, in embodying that type of uh, Dungeons & Dragons lore, check it out. It's, it's available for free and uh, is, is really fun. So it's, it's, it's worth, worth your time, and I can't wait for more stuff that will be coming from uh, Neverwinter very soon. Uh, I really miss Shelly. I wish she was here. We don't get our normal banter going on when it's just me talking at you. So bear with us. Next week, she will return, and I'll uh, make her record all of these intros as much as we can. I need to find out everything that's going on in her vacation, whether uh, uh, Quinn is doing well, how the dogs and the cats all survived, and more. I just want to find out what's going on in uh, upstate New York. I haven't been there in a while myself, so maybe uh, more things and more uh, I, uh, places to adventure have uh, been added to uh, the Ithaca, Binghamton, Buffalo Triumvirate. It's like the Bermuda Triangle up there, except it's the Buffalo Triangle. I don't think that's true, but I'm going to make it true now this, when, when uh, Shelley tells me all the great stories of what's been happening there. All right. Uh, stay tuned for our interview with uh, Jenny Bendel and Benjamin Looms from Sciencescape. Uh, you'll find out more about that thing. But in the meantime, we're going to go with a Lore You Should Know segment right about now. Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Mr. Chris Perkins. Hi. How's it going? Great. We are going, uh, as we do in this segment, uh, talk about a little bit of Dungeons & Dragons lore that you can use in your uh, home game or just just for fun nosies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so you know it. Yeah. Uh, today, Mind Flayers uh, are things that are uh, created, and we're going to talk about how that happens with the right. process of ceramorphosis. Correct. We've done a Lori Should Know segment on mind flayers themselves, kind mm-hmm. of a broader overview. I think we yep. probably mentioned ceramorphosis, but... I'm sure we did. We're going to go into more detail on it uh, right now. So, so what exactly does that mean? Uh, well, the mind flayer race do not procreate in your typical fashion. <laughs> Uh, it's not about a mommy, daddy, mommy and daddy. Who love each other very much. Exactly. And none of that. Uh, they're, baby they're, mind flayer. Exactly. Mind, mind flayers don't have genders. They're <laughs> it's. And they are created through a process called ceramorphosis, um, which, if you break that down Latin-wise, basically means um, a transforming mind. Oh, okay. Um, and the way it works is this. Uh a mind flayer will basically birth a tadpole that will swim around in a brine pool until uh, they take the mind flayers take the tadpole out of the brine pool and implant it in the brain of a humanoid captive whose brain hasn't been eaten. As you know, mind flayers feed on the brains of humanoids, but they also capture humanoids so that they can plant their tadpoles in these humanoids' brains. And after you've had a tadpole put in your brain, the ceramorphosis process begins where the tadpole and the brain essentially transform each other. Mm -hmm. 
eventually the tadpole is kind of absorbed, becomes one with the brain, mm-hmm. and the creature transforms into a mind flayer. So the tadpole basically facilitates a physical transformation of its host to create a new mind flayer. Interesting. And that is, in essence, what seromorphosis is. Now, the process of seromorphosis takes days uh, to happen, during which time the creature is in various kind of half stages of being no longer what mm. it was and now sort of getting on its way, on its way to becoming mind flayer. Uh, so it starts to sprout tentacles and its skin changes and its whole body chemistry basically is transformed by this tadpole. Um, during which time the creature is basically helpless. It's, it's kind of in a catatonic state while it undergoes this, it, I wouldn't call it painful. It, it's, it's, it's unaware that the transformation is happening to it mm, okay. um, uh, for the most part. Now, there are, there are situations where a seromorphosis might be interrupted by something. Uh, maybe the tadpole is killed by magic or something, exposed to some spell that kills it. And so you've got a half-baked mind flayer creature that you have to contend with. But basically, at the end of the seromorphous process, there's nothing left of the host. It is now fully a mind flayer. Now, is that why they all mind flayers are depicted to look very similar? Yes. It's because it is a cell-by-cell transformation. Yes, exactly. Correct. So it doesn't matter if it's an elf or a halfling nope. or, or any other humanoid race that is the host. Correct. They will all end up looking yes. very similar. Yeah. The tadpole basically reconfigures all of the physical bits, uh, magically so, and okay. what you have left looks just like another mind flayer. Now, mind flayers, when they look at each other, can distinguish some differences between the two. They're not actually clones. Okay. Um, but the tadpole... And the, the, whatever mind flare gave birth to the tadpole is kind of what that tadpole turns into. So that's how the yeah. DNA gets passed on. Exactly. Yes. Now that brings up the question I had when you first started is how does the tadpole get birthed? Is it a – is it it's, have, you, have you guys defined that or is that uh, – Yeah. It, it basically is – it's uh, extruded from uh, the, uh, the head of – the, the mind flare. Oh, it comes out of their um, head? Yeah, basically. Ooh. So, Is it like a part of their, their uh, brain? No, it's, it's a separate organism mm-hmm. um, with all the sort of compacted DNA in it or whatever that material is that un- allows it to undergo this magical transformation. Interesting. Uh, but it actually uh, it, it starts off in the mind flare and then it's extruded out and it's thrown into a brine pool basically to sustain it until such time as a host can be found. Does it happen often? Does every mind flayer do this continuously or does it or only some do or is uh, it only one per millennia? Like is there any limitations yeah, on it? I, we've never – I'm not sure we've codified that all mind flayers like have one tadpole or two tadpoles or yeah. a million tadpoles. Uh, they just have X number. Um, what causes them to extrude it? Uh, biology. Biology? Yeah. Yeah. For lack we don't codify. We don't say what are the circumstances. Oh, well, it happens during, you know. Right. Solar eclipses. Or, <laughs> um, or if, I mean, it does, if an elder brain would, would will it, perhaps, yes. right? Like, oh, we yeah. just lost right. half and of not our all, number. And not all tadpoles are used in seromorphosis. Mm. Some of them are actually used to uh, sort of um, um, 
uh, nourish each other. Uh, tadpoles will eat each other. Oh. Uh, in order the brine pool is, yes. is a it's survival a, yes. of the fittest almost, exactly. I think? Yes. Oh, that's yes. interesting. And, and because of that, other weird things can happen. I think it was first introduced in the second edition, a lithiad, that if, a brine, if you throw a bunch of tadpoles into a brine pool, they will gradually eat one another mm-hmm. until only one survives. And if that one doesn't, if nothing is done with that tadpole, it will continue to grow and become a, um, a horrible creature called a neothilid, which is a gigantic purple worm-sized monstrosity. It's basically an overgrown tadpole with tentacles and oh, gosh. other horrible things. It's a really horrible, horrible monster. If it, thank it, you, Bruce Cordell. <laughs> the tip of the hat, sir. Yeah. Uh, so would, it, uh, would that monster then contend against an elder brain? It would uh, a neophilid um, is so almost a nearly mindless devourer of everything. Got so it. it would it would kill anything that it came into contact with. It's virtually uncontrollable once mm. it gets that big. Um, so that's that's sort of tadpole stuff. Tadpole action going gone horribly horribly wrong. Right. Um, and tadpoles are kind of the the illithid tadpoles are nasty because they got like teeth and they got like a sphincter like maw that they use to burrow into the heads Ugh. of the humanoids that they're going to transform by this process called seromorphosis. Now it doesn't really um, a tadpole isn't terribly discriminating about the brain that it uses as a host. It doesn't care. Um, it's basically just getting into the host so it can turn it into a mind flayer, and that mind flayer will be super smart no matter what it was made out of. So whether the mind flayer used to be an elf or a dwarf or a grimlock or a troglodyte or a bullywug has no bearing on its quality as a mind flayer. Once it fully transforms and the seromorphosis process is complete, the tadpole's gone, the mind flayer it now exists and has basically the brain power of its parent. What about the personality or knowledge of the host? Does that all get eradicated? That's a very good question. Normally, in a seromorphosis uh, process, nothing of the host's personality remains. Everything about the host is completely transformed into a mind flare. Mm-hmm. And the mind flare has no recollection of what it was like being an elf or a dwarf. However, occasionally through random chance, causality, you know, magical interference, some sort of wrinkle in the weave, who knows, mm-hmm. um, a mind flare will retain one or more fragments of its host personality. Mm. And so... And often that leads to abomination, um, this idea of mind flayers who, because they have these impulses that are unnatural for their race, are either identified and excluded, basically thrown out of a colony, or they sort of self-select themselves out of a colony, or they take up weird, they go in weird ways. Um, like, for instance, a mind flayer that decides to s- study arcane magic. Mm-hmm is probably, that probably happens because of some sort of flawed seromorphosis. Um, Because mind flayers generally don't, they're psionic creatures. There's no need for them to have have magic almost. Right. They don't have to learn spells out of spell books. But once in a while, a mind flayer, maybe made out of the the brain of a wizard, um, will retain some fragment of that wizard's personality and decide to take up scholarly magic. Mm. And that uh, mind flare is ostracized. Uh, that is not acceptable behavior in mind flare society. Is that is that an alhoon? That uh, no, that's a that's basically a mind flare arcanist. Okay, an alhoon 
is a mind flayer that has pursued the path to lichdom I... and has become a lich, an undead spellcaster. So that would be the next evolution the next of, of your deviant um, mind flayer arcanist. Right. Is, now I want to live forever. I'm going to you know, contact Tenebris or Orcus or whatever or find some other path to lichdom and exist forever. Again, and, total outsider action. But that all could have been due to a flaw. Due to in one flaw in Ceramorphosis, that Mind Flayer went on this sort of deviant track. Yeah. And there are other possibilities as well. A Mind Flayer who sort of has a knack or compulsion to play musical instruments, mm-hmm. um, that may be attributed to a flaw in Ceramorphosis where the host creature was a bard or somebody else with a musical background. Mm. And f- for some reason, that fragment of the personality survived. That's creepy. It is very creepy. Yeah. But it opens up uh, abundant story opportunities. Uh, you could even theoretically play a Mind Flayer character if you wanted to, if there was enough sort of vestiges of humanity or whatever right. um, in them. Yeah. That's a pretty The good. idea of a Mind Flayer who can't be part of Mind Flayer society because they have too much of their host's memory fragments is kind of a fun, fun thing to play with. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's a that's a trope yeah. that uh, it would also make for really a very, well. it would also make for a very interesting villain because superficially mind flayers have this uniformity to them. Mm-hmm. You know, one mind flayer is like another mind flayer is like another mind flayer. Right? They have this cl- you know uh, uh, um, hive yeah. mentality yes. that they're that they're all exactly. And we've talked about one. that before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can have a villainous mind flayer who does not fit this sort of outsider um, who's harboring a grudge or has just got different designs or different intentions because of the prop, the flaw in Ceramorphosis that birthed it. Yeah. yeah. So that's really fascinating to me. That is interesting. Yeah. And then also, I mean, you know, if you think about what a flaw of Ceramorphosis is, those could have been adventurer-caused flaws. Yes. They're very most likely are. You yes. know, if there was magic that was yes. cast on the pool right. or yes. you know, their, 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 their hive was destroyed, but the yep. tadpole remained somehow. Yep. And, and uh, some, sometimes because the process of ceramorphosis is kind of flexible, it can happen over a period of days. DMs also have the, the idea or the adventure hook of, you know, a character is captured by mind flayers, wakes up with a tadpole in their brain <laughs> and knows that they've only got, you know, X number of days before the tadpole basically turns them into a mind flare. Oh my gosh. That's like the water deep... Uh, equivalent of waking up in a uh, bathtub full of ice yes. uh, with your kidney gone. Exactly. That's yes. precisely Now it. what do you do? Right. Exactly. What are you going to do um, to purge yourself of this of this thing? Yeah. You know, got to find a cleric. Got to find a cleric and probably cast greater restoration. Yeah. Which are not always, uh, not always uh, readily, readily available. available. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Uh, so is there any other way that uh, Ceramorphosis could... Um, you know, uh, evolve mind flayers or change them into ways that, you know, uh, players might encounter? Well, there is occasionally, and this this wouldn't necessarily be a, a deviant, this isn't a deviant thing, but occasionally Ceramorphosis gives rise to a super mind flare. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, a mind flayer that stands about 10 feet tall and has six instead of four tentacles. Oh. And this creature is called an Ulitharid. And they've been previously cast in earlier editions as kind of like mind flayer nobles. Mm. But basically, they're, they're super mind flayers. They're uber mind flayers. And the other mind flayers are, um, uh, hold them in high regard, are, are deferential toward them. And Ulithards will often serve an elder brain directly. And it is Ulithards that give birth to elder brains. Oh. 
So this is not a seramorphosis um, transformation. What happens is Anulatharid decides that it's going to splinter off and create its own colony. Okay. And sometimes it's done as a matter of necessity. Maybe the elder brain has just been killed. Mm. So the Ulatharid slips away with a bunch of mind flayers and starts up a new colony. But more often what happens is there's a clash of ego between the, the elder brain and the super uber mind flayer. Right. And so they have a parting of the ways. Elder brain says, get out of my house. And the, <laughs> I'm going to start my own house. Yeah, exactly. Fine, I'm going to start my own house. <laughs> and so Ulatharid goes to some corner of the underdark and then undergoes a process that transforms it into another elder brain. And an Ulatharid has a staff called an extractor staff that it uses to crack its own head open. And then mind flayers will take out the Ulatharid's brain, essentially killing the Ulatharid, uh-huh. and plant the brain in a brine pool and then allow it to grow within this brine pool. And it will grow to like 10 foot diameter yeah. and eventually become an elder brain. Um, only Ulatharids can do this. Mind flayer brains are not strong enough to survive the process. Of the, of the extraction and the growth. Right. But Ulatharids, because they're super mind flayers, can. How, and maybe this is, you're just going to say magic, uh, but how does a brain grow? How does a brain get more? Magic. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so how does it get bigger and bigger and bigger? Right. Essentially, I mean, they, the, what they do is they uh, can feed it tadpoles and psychic energy. There are all kinds of plot devices or contrivances to grow the elder brain, but basically it feeds on psychic energy and the energy of uh, brains that are sort of dumped in, brought to it, and it devours those. I see. Right. And then it yeah. just, it just sort moves of, them into Yeah, sort of through osmosis kind of takes in all that um, energy material and just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. If the mind flayers in the colony do not bring it um, food, mm-hmm. it will die. Got it. So it is dependent yeah. When you're just time. a brain in a pool, you do depend a great deal on creatures with legs to bring you food. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a blues song or something like that. When you're just a brain in a pool. Exactly. Uh, what is in that pool? That's the, the, my last question. Is what, what, what is that brine? Is it just uh, salt water or is there more to it? Uh, no. It's, it, is, it is a unique substance. It is a quasi-magical life um, um, effluvia that this thing relies on to survive. It Does it psychic nutrients? It? Um, no, it's it's deposited in this pool. So um, again, it's it's the the, right. the the hive needs to yeah. The, the colony has to work together to make this happen. Otherwise, the whole thing just falls apart. Just falls apart, right? Yeah. I wonder what would, what would happen if a human drank uh, <laughs> illithid brine. I think they'd probably just get poisoned and uh, like get smarter, really, really sick. No, no. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not brain juice in the sense that it makes you smarter. It's just literally brain juice. I, I think they would make it smarter. <laughs> I'm totally gonna have some brain juice oh, later on. <laughs> I, I think that would be totally. That would be kind of a fun if if characters are sucking on the the brine pool. Maybe they do get a few points of intelligence in the short term. Right, and then in the long term they um, turn into mind right. flayers. But the, the 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 issue with that, of course, is that why aren't the mind flayers drinking it all? Like why aren't they sneaking sips of it when the elder brain isn't looking? Because it's just not make, as tasty uh, as brain. <laughs> to them, I guess. True. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, all right, cool. That seems uh, like a lot on seramorphosis, and that it's, is, a, it's yeah. a word I now know. And, uh, it is a thing. I yep. hope everyone uses it yep. out there. Yep. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, Chris, uh, to ask you more questions about seramorphosis? I am on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. 
Excellent. And I may or may not be a mind flayer. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, definitely a mind flayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those tentacles coming out of your mouth. Good, dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah. You like to tuck them in, but yeah. Yeah, they're good. Uh, all right. Well, thanks a lot for listening to That Lore You Should Know. We'll be back uh, with more next week. Oh, that was a very good lore you should know segment. I'm so glad uh, Chris is able to talk to me about seromorphosis in a room with lots of lights on because I would not want to have him talk to me about that when I was alone because it's very creepy to me. Uh, I didn't mention this in the lore in the segment, but it reminded me of uh, Star Trek Two. Yeah, I do not want to be Chekhov. Nope, not at all. So check that off my list. Uh, Speaking of other things to check off my list, we are going to go directly to the interview with me and Shelly talking to Jenny Bendel uh, and Benjamin Looms from Sirenscape. Uh, This is a good one. Pay attention. Uh, Hi, everybody. We have uh, two amazing guests coming right here with us. We have Jenny Bendel and uh, Ben from Sirenscape. Hello. How are you guys doing? Fantastic, lovely. Really. You look like you're doing yeah. good. Yeah, what's not to like? Excited to be here. I landed in uh, the US just sort of 36 hours ago, so I pretty much have no idea what time zone I'm in you're or anything. You're practically a native now. That's right, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's the best time to be in for a time traveler, yeah. right? So you're <laughs> like, right. I don't know, time is bending yeah, all around me. It doesn't right. make any sense. In Sydney, it's tomorrow, yesterday or something. It is in the future. Mm. Yes. Mm. We've he talked came to you. from the future. Yeah. <laughs> you too, Jenny? You came from the future too? Uh, well, I currently live in the central time zone, so yeah, I have two mm. hours future, I I came from nice. Uh, So we are here to talk all about a new fun partnership between Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons, and Sirenscape. Uh, Yeah, this is exciting for Mm -hmm. folks who are listening who may not know what Sirenscape or Dungeons and Dragons is. I hope they know that. But (laughs) what what is Sirenscape? What is it all about? Sirenscape is an app that brings beautiful, uh, immersive, natural, totally realistic sound to the table, sound and music. It's uh, like kind of recording of a medieval town, but instead of just uh, a 15-minute loop that goes round and round and round, it's uh, generated by the app. It takes dog barks and, and, and hawkers and passing carts and the sound of wind and the sound of gulls and mixes them all together in a beautifully randomized, continuous, easy-to-use stream and creates completely immersive sound until you then hit the dragon attack and all hell breaks loose and everyone screams and dies, which is super cool. <laughs> it's, uh, it was designed basically for me because I was sick of having to manage playlists and bringing up the wrong song or the mood of a movie soundtrack uh, song changing because something random happens in the music and, and in the movie and suddenly the mood is supposed to change at my table. Uh, so it was just designed for me to really keep the attention of me playing the game on my players instead of uh, with my head down sort of in some sort of computer trying to manage sound. And the other most important thing it does, which most people aren't able to do easily at the moment, is to mix their own music tracks from computer games that they own. Uh, they can upload those to the server and mix them together with environmental sounds of yeah, goblins flaying people alive or, or dragons chasing people down corridors with broomsticks or whatever you want, or laser guns for that matter. What? What? Well, it's possible. <laughs> I'll show you later if you want. I'll give you a demo of dragons with laser so guns. So is all of this built in and then you can just kind of customize what you want? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. 
Oh my god. Should I So it's a it's an app and yeah. it's a soundboard app, right? And so Sirenscape makes the official sounds of a bunch of the leading games in the tabletop hobby. We are very excited that D&D is our new partner. Um, we're going to make the first sounds for this legendary game that's mm. that's never had them before, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the way it's a it's a super easy to use app that works on any device. Um, and it either you can either sort of set it and forget it and mm. let it let it play during your campaign so it's real easy for GMs to just kind of mm. press a button and let it roll and then Sirenscape will fill up the table with this amazing immersive uh, audio environment that is really what you want when you're playing a game to sort of bring the people you know right into the world and make it come alive right yeah should i give you a demo might be a really easy way to show sure let's hear some sounds so can you hear some peaceful morning there that morning is so peaceful it's lovely with m-o-u-r-n Nothing is going to go later. wrong at all. <laughs> Everything is going to be totally fine. Calm before the storm. There's thousands of sounds. There's something for any environment you're mm. playing, playing at the table, whether mm. it's, you know, yeah. Now, are these actual uh, Forgotten Realms birds that I'm hearing? Are they? <laughs> I think these are non-brand denominational <laughs> fantasy <laughs> aviation creatures. These birds you know, were like described. Like, uh, uh, we are, that that's what we're, that's what we're officially exist. collecting here today in the wizard's offices, which is super cool, is, is the official sound. So yes. I will, do, you have a, do you have a Forgotten Realms bird that you, you've practiced? And you, oh, there goes one. There's there goes one. one. That kind of sounds like a West Seattle seagull. It does. So, oh, ready, so, so when you're ready, all, all you do is I'm going to reach this. I've touched Peaceful Morning as the one button I've touched. And that's as the PCs lovely. negotiate for like hours and hours with the barkeep about the price they were going to go and do the adventure for. You get so sick eventually you're like, I'm just going to have a dragon attack because I can't stand anymore. I just reach over and I touch <laughs> dragon fire. And that's all I do. As, as, as Jenny said, I just sit and forget and it will run by itself. Alarm bells goes off. Music plays. The dragon roars. I can trigger so cool. some flames. Awesome. Screaming. Oh, what? so you can add in you more. Can. Oh, you yes. can. Say, the, <laughs> say they want to attack the darkness with their magic missile. You can push a magic missile spell. What does that sound like? Oh, there we go. Fireballs. Ah, fantasy. But the cool thing is, as Jenny said, you can set and forget and it'll just run and run and run. Or I can say I like the music. I can turn that up because it's totally awesome because I wrote it. Or you, can, <laughs> or you can turn the music off and I'm going to go over to the storm sound set and I'm going to turn on rain... And thunder and lightning. <laughs> still screaming now. Like so, screaming. Still, so now we're yeah. like, we can extinguish our players while we light them at the same time. <laughs> and as I promised, I like laser guns, so I'm going to give the give the dragon some laser guns. <laughs> Excellent. And then yeah, it'll just run, and I can actually then pre- save that as a preset. So all those little modifications I just made, I can actually hit plus. <laughs> on the app and uh, save that as dragons with laser guns and then that later just becomes that single touch. It's just basically designed to make the job really, really simple and, you know, you can see I've managed to keep talking to you guys without looking down too much. And then eventually when battle finishes, if the players survive, or the player characters survive, then I just hit aftermath and now all we have is the crackling (laughs) of fire and the weeping of men. (laughs) And that's all. Yeah, so that's a quick demo. But there's, yeah, as Jenny said, there's like starships and swamps and and deserts and icy wastelands and taverns and all sorts of stuff. Nice. Oh, my God. And you guys are creating something specifically for Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Is that correct? We're going to have, like, storyline-specific soundtracks. So the idea is as you go through the adventure, uh, rather than having to think, oh, what sound should I put on for this section... You can actually just hit basically the sort of section heading as as a button in Sirenscape. So you just basically just go through and hit the buttons in order, and that's like minimal preparation required by the game by the dungeon master. And um, 
what's also super, super cool is that a lot of the important readout dialogue moments you can actually trigger just within Sirenscape and just hit a single button and you'll get like a really fantastic uh, what's the person who actually made the adventure reading the dialogue no in the way. voice that they imagined. Perhaps like Chris Perkins, you Perhaps mean? Chris Perkins you know, might uh, be doing... Richard actually was doing some of his voices in the hall just That's now. True. He's very good. What he was he doing? He had a good... Uh, uh, British, he was doing the British watch. Man. He was doing the watch. Yeah, these two watch officers who give you a whole lot of information. So now, rather than having to sort of read out this slab of text, yeah. uh, you can actually just trigger Richard, and he'll read it for you in the voice. And then you can continue as a dungeon master in you know in the same accent if you want them to talk directly to you, or you can go into the uh, third person and sort of describe other things that the watchman gives. It doesn't take over your role as a ga- as a dungeon master, but um, but actually just allows you to really bring those characters to color in the way that uh, you know Dungeons and Dragons meant them to be, which is. Super Super cool. That and yeah, really Chris Perkins is recording Xanathar. The so Xanathar is itself. Wow, well, that's Absolutely. a scoop. We hadn't we hadn't announced that yeah, yet. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the PR person ready to slap you down. <laughs> do the dragon attack. Do the dragon attack. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's the you PR know, person. Yeah. Fire, cast fireball, cast fireball. Burn it, burn it. <laughs> Is there a button for when your PR person wants to tape your mouth shut? No, it's this one. <laughs> that is so good. So yeah, we um so we just announced today that we're going to be mm. making the official sounds for the D and D role playing game, and uh, we figured what better way to start off than than coming here to mm. you know World D and D World Headquarters, mm. and uh, and recording some of the creative team, you know the people who 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 imagine these voices and scenarios. They you know we, they know what the sounds what these places and people sound like in their heads, right? Mm. So yeah. um, they're going to help us bring them to life, and we kicked it all off with Chris Perkins. Uh, recording the voice of Volo. Volo, yeah. And so, if uh, anybody that's watched, that's paying attention on uh, Facebook, on either the Sirenscape Facebook page, or if, it, if it's been shared on on the D and D page yet, there's actually some uh, preliminary Footage. video of Chris giving a first run oh, at nice. the voice yeah. of Volo on there. Nice, that's so, so good. He's you know, done Volo before too. He's like yeah, yeah. that's like now his voice that mm-hmm. he's been. He was, uh, uh, I think, in Neverwinter. He recorded mm-hmm. all of the dialogue as Volo, oh. Volo Thamp Gadarn. Yeah. Uh, and now players will have that at their fingers. Tips. So they can cool. they can conjure Volo whenever they want. You know what the best thing is at the end of the take that, that we actually took footage of. He's, he the last thing he says is, "Oh, I don't like that." He's like, and he really had really really clear visions of exactly how he wanted it to sound, yeah. and he he was, didn't leave the room until he got it right. I tell you what, which is super cool. That yeah, the video we put on Facebook, he did it at the end. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, I didn't like that one." Yeah, like, yeah, too right. bad. Just posted it. <laughs> take two, take three. But yeah. well, you know, we can fix it and post. So mm, it's mm. really cool. That so I think so cool. Shelly, are you gonna uh, Dungeon Master with Sirenscape uh, at the ready? Maybe. I think so. I think this is my. This is even more inspiring. Uh, Shelly does really good voices. I don't know if you have any room for. Oh, you're coming in to do some recording. I mean, a C3PO I said type that I voice. would. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> I can do a voice. <laughs> my Put son me. thinks it's really funny. Oh, Put me in your soundboard. Put me in. <laughs> we can be like generic droid. Yeah, I'm sure you you know can't. Yeah. Actually, it's droid is trademarked. Oh, really? <gasps> nice mm-hmm. robot. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Robot. robot. Yeah. Yeah. Space robot. Or Space something. generic robot. gold robot. <laughs> laser, <laughs> laser robot sword. Well, that's one of the most exciting things. Yeah, yeah. You can have a light sword yeah. battle. Yeah, yeah. That's in, right. In the the, <laughs> the cantina can- that's non-specifically so, yeah, located non-specific in any specific space cantina. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, literally, all the spells the spells I've got in Sirenscape so far have, have literally been called Force Missile and Fire Spell. So it will be super super exciting to be Change able to them. put in the actual names of the spells. Right. Do you have like what if uh, you cast a fireball and it misses? Is there a sound for like oh? Fire. 
It's a sad sound trombone. This, 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 <laughs> yeah. Ready, ready? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's. Awesome. I mean, that, that's if you're that sort of um, dungeon master, and I absolutely, totally am that sort of dungeon master. There's even, uh, most importantly, hang on, this is the, the important combination here, which I use frequently, is this one, obviously, which is your fireball, followed by... Yes! Good old Wilhelm. <laughs> the day I discovered the Wilhelm screen was public domain was a day of great joy, <laughs> which not many people understood, but now they do, that they get to trigger it themselves in Sirenscape, which That's is cool. awesome. Every, every movie has it now, so oh, why not yeah. every session of D&D? Absolutely. Of course. Um, and in what's cool, so we're going to make, so Dragon Heist will be the first mm. um, sort of complete uh, collection that we make that of sound, sound pack that will go along with, with playing the adventure. Um, but also things like we were talking about, you know, D&D monsters, mm. right? We're going to yeah. bring, bring, bring to life some of these iconic D&D monsters mm. that maybe haven't had a, a voice or a sound previously. Mm. That's right. And we'll yeah. be able to hear how they sound, how the cobalt mm. sounds or the... The, the goblin sounds. That's right. What happens with the way we do it when we support an adventure is we, we create all the monsters that are required for that adventure. And yes, kobolds appear in, in Dragon Heist. I don't know. Oh, that might be a big reveal. <gasps> and, monsters um, are in Dragon Heist. Right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> People right. know, might know that. I'm not, I don't know. But then we release, we'll release kobold, you know, the official Dungeons and Dragons kobold battle. So you can just actually have a generic location. So if you need kobolds in your own homebrew, then you can use that as well. That's awesome. So how are these sounds created? Well, uh, well, Red Dragons. A Foley right. artists That's come right. in and make all that with uh, yeah. ratchety things and balloons. That I would love to see. It's, it's a combination. <laughs> Basically, to create a monster, you need a unique source. So whether that's a human voice uh, who can do a particular sound. I'm particularly proud of the Red Dragon because it's actually my voice. So you take something like... And turn it into... That was originated from that's you? That's actually me, which is super cool. That's you hung over. Oh, That's right. oh yeah. <laughs> so some amazing yeah. pitch shifting. I've also uh, used all sorts of animals. Uh, uh, I found Tasmanian devils the other day. There was a recording someone had of Tasmanian Ooh. devil you basically have going. Good, you have yeah, good animals in Australia. Scary animals. That's right. Um, yeah, you basically find a new source and then you find a new way of processing it. It has to sound uh, otherworldly. Obviously, it can't be obviously just a, you know right. a normal source. But if you uh, listen to like a fox, yeah, like a foxes basically sound like demons screaming mm-hmm. in the woods mm-hmm. already. Like you almost don't even do any modulation yep. to it. It's Absolutely, crazy. that's right. So you, uh, often it just needs a little shift or a reverse reverb or a, or a, a formant shift or any of these fancy the things, which are lots of lots of fun. The fox, that's right. Our people too. I did a cougar. The fox say? We know now. There's a fox button. I thought once I thought once a cougar would be cool to have in Sirenscape as some sort of source, and then I found recordings of cougars, and they literally sound like this. And I'm not joking. Oh, <laughs> oh! I was like, oh my gosh! So oh. ferocious. Yeah, I'm oh. so resisting all the jokes in my head right now. I know. Um, <laughs> thank you. That's not what they sound like. That's <laughs> true. Steady, gentlemen. But think, think, think. The, you can do it. Sounds uh, like ice cubes clinking in a glass of shark. <laughs> <laughs> So he has to resist, but you don't have to. Is that how it works? It's okay, true. It's, true. <laughs> it's okay if I say it. That's right. <laughs> so you said you, you created this for you, essentially, as Dungeon yes. Master. Uh, yes. Uh, did, when did you start uh, <sighs> playing Dungeons & Dragons, and when did you start wanting to make wow. soundboards? Oh yeah. God. So I started in, in the 80s, and uh, we went for Christmas at uh, the Mile Lakes, which is about five hours north of Sydney, uh, sort of sand and heat and sand flies. Mm. 
And, and that, it is lovely. Yeah. No, it was, it was lovely. It was our yearly holiday that we always went on, except I had uh, chicken pox that oh. year. Oh. I was just covered in, in wow. red dots wow. and calamine <laughs> lotion and it was felt miserable. But then my parents gave me, yeah, the red box, the first edition red box. <laughs> oh. Was, and oh Apropos. my God. And, oh, and uh-huh. those, those um, illustrations of the cleric in the, in the, in the you know, fitting chain armor and her needing the, the hero to toss. You know, toss her over his shoulder and rescue her from the evil Baglag or whatever his name was, the evil wizard. And that just set my mind on fire. It was amazing. And then, yeah, I played, played, I took a break. I missed second edition completely uh, because of sort of late high school. And, and, uh, and then I came back. I remember ringing a gaming store and asked about Dungeons and Dragons and how I would buy it. And they said, oh, oh so you're obviously 3.5. I'm like, oh, yeah, sounds like a number. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I bought, yeah, got bought all the 3.5 books and bought the dice. I still use the one set of dice. I'm not one of those people who buys millions of dice and has a big jar. I just have my seven dice. And if anyone touches them, they die. Um, and then, yeah, so I was playing 3.5. And by that time, I was a composer and an opera singer and a performer, performing lots on stage in the opera house and, and all sorts of things. Pianist you are an and opera cellist. singer, too? I, I, well, yeah, I worked as professionally as an opera singer with no Opera way. Australia. Yeah, for years. The Sydney Opera House? Yeah, yeah. So nice. I've, I've heard of that. Have you heard of that? <laughs> it's, it's a thing where people <laughs> sing, yeah. Um, and so I really, to me, it just seemed really peculiar to sit at the table in silence listening to the sound of the fridge buzzing. And I, I just thought, well, music is a thing in movies that people got used to eventually. And so I started grabbing movie soundtracks, as I said, and that was kind of cool, but they always seemed to go in the wrong direction. So I started making recordings. Uh, of, of environmental sounds. So I brought up a sequencer and dragged in some dog wolves and dragged in all those elements you're hearing. Uh, went for 15 minutes. But the, the, the genesis for Sirenscape comes down to this one moment, which is so classic, where, as I said, the, the PCs, the players had been in this town negotiating with this stupid barkeep for like hours, <laughs> like literally like an hour and a half. And that 15-minute recording went round for whatever that sum is for the, like the seventh time. And together they all stopped the table and went, hey, wait, 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 wait. Ruff, ruff. Oh! Because that one pattern had come round. They knew when the dog was going to bark. They knew when like, the dog oh, was going to bark. Two minutes and thirty-seven yeah, seconds yeah. in, the dog. Always. And this means pattern. something. It's a puzzle That's that right. we yeah, yeah. players have to <laughs> solve. Because the human mind is is designed to notice patterns, right? That's what we do. Even even we even notice patterns when they're not there. You know, it always rains on my tennis day on Thursday, for instance, kind of thing. Um. So <laughs> so instead of creating immersion, it was actually drawing the players out of immersion and attracting their attention to the soundtrack, which should be completely subliminal. You know, you're never right. thinking in a movie, oh, the trombone's just played a tritone. That means the woman in the shower is kind of in trouble, kind of, you know. Um, so I only know what half those words were. Right, yeah. <laughs> Trombone. Trom- Trom- I, what, what is that? <laughs> and woman yeah, was one of them. Yeah, no, but, but if I played you that sound, you'd, you'd, you'd totally understand exactly what it meant. That's right. You, you'd, you'd know the cue and what was going to happen to the character. Yeah. And so I started making my recordings longer and longer and longer. And then I hear always sort of dragging in dog wolves kind of and trying to space them out. And I was like, oh, you know, and it occurred to me that this is a thing a computer does really, really well. You know, you can give it 20 samples and tell it to pick one up in a, in a random time. Uh, Sirenscape will put that dog wolf when it comes around in a random direction in the, in the surround spectrum at a random distance. And what's super cool, it, was, it will even apply the acoustic of the environment. So it's a really, if it's a really echoey dungeon and you put it ages away, it'll, you, all you'll hear is just this kind of reverb tale of... I don't know why there'd be that dog wolfing in the dungeon, but it might be. You or if it was know, close. You never know. If, that's right, yeah. If it's close, it'll be drier and, you know, more immediate. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. imagine if that dog was at the distant end of a cathedral, it would just be like a... So you yeah. can you can 
Tell mm. the app. The app mm. will. Mm. You, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Amazing, that's right. It's science. <laughs> is, there, is there a brain exploding? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I can um, give you that yeah. sound effect. The Sirenscape software is built on mm. this really powerful algorithm. Mm. And so it's got thousands of sounds in it that have been custom created. Mm. Um, but they, uh, because of the algorithm and the, and the tool, that it's never repeating mm. for starters. Mm. So it literally will, will never be the re- repetitious soundtrack. And so it takes all of these elements. And like Ben said, it, it brings them in at different times. It brings mm. them in at different uh, intervals and distances and takes into account whatever the, yeah, the acoustics of, of the room yeah. are and see that I doesn't mean that. any. the that. word doesn't mean anything to, to who, the players who are listening but but it has an absolute effect on the experience if it doesn't sound natural then it just takes them out of you know out of immersion straight away yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and, cool. And, you know, the idea being, I mean, that's that's what we do with, with these games, right? We, we like to create an immersive atmosphere for our players. We want them to get lost in the story. Um, and this is sort of the, you know, the missing element, right? It's mm. it's that hasn't been around before. So right. it, it brings people into the game and really just makes all of the all of the, the soundscape makes the environment yeah. come alive. So with uh, 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 Ben getting 3.5 uh, mm. D&D, that was partly some of your marketing oh, messages yeah. there yeah, from yeah, when you were previously way. here <laughs> yeah, at Wizards of the Coast. Is that right? Uh, 3.5 was a little after my time, um, but I was part of the team that launched third edition. I am a Wizards of the Coast alumni. Yeah. That's amazing. Back with, with Shelly, back in, in the day, in the way, way she back was machine. So cool. She was the coolest. She, she is cool. I'm still cool. I'm She's just still cool. old cool. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still think you're super cool. I think you're super cool, too. I know. It was really great before we started recording that you guys being like, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this? But you're a mom yeah. now? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not cool. No. Mm. I was cool at school. <laughs> but it's so, I mean, this is so, you know, this is amazing. I mean, the studio you guys have here, I mean, we just dreamed about this kind of stuff. Actually, I have a story, so it's, it will be short. Um, but when I was putting together the launch plan for Dungeons & Dragons, I remember having, conver- or for sorry, for third edition mm-hmm. D&D, uh, I remember ha- pitching the idea of, um, well, what do you think? What if, if there was a way to show people because they don't people don't get how the game yeah. is played? So how do we we show them what it looks like to you know play it, a, a, watch a table of players, and yeah. we could like put it on the World Wide Web? Oh my you God. Know? <laughs> Let's get out our disc cameras <laughs> and take pictures of people and, playing, and, and then but, go to CVS and get our film developed. Totally. And then, but the team was like, oh, nobody's going to sit around and watch people playing yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And you know, I think even five is. years ago we thought that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think I can still go find my original, you know, third edition marketing plan where it says like, and we could try to broadcast on the World Wide Web. No, mm. if we can find and the little that. no, it's like no, brand team thinks that idea. No, nope, they won't do it. <laughs> we know that no. there are some collectors out there that that might want to purchase your your third edition your, your marketing plans. plan. You yeah. can post, you Alex, can post it on to cassette you. to people. Or something. <laughs> totally. That's right. Exactly. But I mean, a lot of it has been <laughs> devices enabling this thing. I mean, this thing's running. Uh, 20 channels of, of multi-position surround sound audio with a graphical interface. You know, there's no way you could have possibly done that on a device 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was I wrote a really dodgy version on PC, um, yeah, 10 years ago. And it's only about five years ago that we realized that we could actually launch a company and release something that you can use on phones and tablets and PCs and Macs and all that sort of stuff. It so is it, is, it is technology that enables this. Mm-hmm. Plus, so therefore, with your theory, you know, Twitch and YouTube have enabled actually streaming to becoming something really practical. Yeah, right. it's, I mean, it's amazing, though. I mean, for those of us that have been in, you know, this hobby forever, or the business of this hobby forever, it, it's really amazing to see this 
What? 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 Sorry, I got lost in, in the environment. <laughs> I love that you switched it to like old reverie. Right, Let's talk right, about the right. past. Right. This yeah. is where we'll get all of the background oh, information that we need to that's slaughter right. the demons that are attacking us that's now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes, this is exposition music. Exposition music. Yes. <laughs> See, that's what's great as a dungeon master because I, I was like you, where I uh, used movie soundtracks and things like that. And I had, you know, I, okay, this was my playlist that was for combat, mm. and this is my mm. playlist that was for downtime, mm. and that's about as far as I got. Uh, but I ran into the same problems that you did where it was like, okay, well, this song is great for the first two minutes, but the third minute is not the same Mm. mood as that Mm. one. And so Mm. I didn't have the wherewithal or the means to cut up or edit anything. And uh, this does that all for you. And in a way that's so easy to to use that I just, I I think it's uh, a great tool. Yeah, Yeah, it's really interesting um, having had to develop the music for this because, yeah, the music literally has to be somewhat uniform. You know, when you want a mood change, you actually, a mood change, when you want a mood change, I'll say it in Australian, um, <laughs> you, you actually have to reach over and touch it and that's when the music contours to a different uh, mood. So say if you think in, of Lord of the Rings, the music... Just, you know, when they come up over the edge of the edge of the cliff and the, the party appears in There's fellowship. There's that hero shot? That's right. So the, the kind of the two minutes before that, the music just takes this one contour from nothing to absolutely massively epic. And then as they go over the over the edge, then the music explodes in this great crescendo. And if that's running in the background of your game and you're trying to have a conversation with the elf who they stopped on the side of the road to talk to, uh, it's really going to really gonna be really incongruous. Like, oh, we should be doing our hero that's shot right, now. Yeah, Let's exactly. everybody pose and once while again, we're talking to the right. elf. And once again, the attention then goes to the soundtrack and you're gone. It should exactly. be subliminal. So, you know, when, when you want skittering bugs and that's all in the background, you just put that on. And people maybe don't even notice. Often my players don't notice until it's turned off. And then they suddenly think, why did we... Oh, right. This room's... Everything yeah. feels so much more relaxed now. What was going on? Like, but even that can become a, a storytelling yeah, tool, right? Exactly. Where like all of a sudden everything is quiet oh, and they're yeah. like, whoa, oh, yeah. I feel nervous for yeah. some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Oh, my iPad died. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone have a charger? <laughs> that's, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. You said there's over a thousand sounds in here? Uh, there's, there's about 350 sound sets. And each of those has, uh, like, yeah, two or three hundred sounds in them. So, yeah, way more than a thousand sounds. Thousands of, of sound thousands elements. And thousands you of sound elements. Yeah, mostly. yeah, gradually really over the last much. five years or so. Yeah, like. <laughs> so no more opera singing. That's you're right. Just no, no, si- no. Sirenscape literally took over my entire <laughs> life. It was been hilarious. Uh, yeah, I was opera singing, working, with, yeah, singing chorus with Opera Australia and singing lots of minor roles all over the place and working as a singing teacher, as you do as an opera singer. And I got <laughs> or any creative endeavor, right. yes, really. <laughs> exactly. which I loved. I totally loved it. And, and I was doing an arts project with an amazing Australian philanthropist. Uh, and I just approached him because people were asking for this on iPad and stuff. That I had this really dodgy PC version, which you can go back if you go on Wayback Machine and search for Sirenscape. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and so we decided to give it a try. And he you know, put me on for two days a week and we made a budget and everything. And then it grew and then it grew and then it grew. And then, yeah, now I'm just flying all over the world and going to the... Dungeons and Dragons offices and chatting to people and recording <laughs> recording Chris Perkins, which is so cool. So I, Ben's dreams come Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. I'm mainly That's geeking out here. This was really just a ploy to yeah. be able to let him come visit. The, we get know. that a lot. Yeah. It totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so how did you two start working together? Jenny, when did you start? Because uh, you said you've been his client for four years? or I think, yeah, it's been mm. about four years. So I was um, head of marketing with a... Um, another RPG publisher. And, you can name them, uh, it's okay. 
I was I, over at Paizo and working with Pathfinder, which uh, Ben also makes the sounds for Pathfinder. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> and I was having to review all of his his ads mm. and press releases and stuff, you know, to get he had to get my approval as the head mm. of marketing for mm. the owner of the license. Uh, and and I got tired of editing his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know those feels. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about. Let um, me help you with that's that. Right. We were talking about media training before before we went on air, and yeah, yeah I've had good rigorous media training from Jenny. <laughs> You're like this press release is written in Australian. That's right. Yeah. To read, There's uh, too many right. U's in this. Uh, I'm spending a lot of time and a lot of red ink uh, on yeah. this. Somebody should be paying me for this. Yeah. <laughs> good day spelled out just looks weird. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, we started we uh, we started working together in that capacity, and then at some point uh, I ended up uh, going to work for myself, and and mm. Ben came on board as a client and mm. so I've been working with Sirenscape ever since. Mm. That's super cool. So, and it's fun. I said, you know, you have to do things like, you know, come to Gen Con and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So we've, we've been uh, we've been building it along the way. We do cool stuff like the Sound Cave now, mm. um, which actually, yes, you yes, know, yes. you were asking about where the sounds come from. Yes. So mm. uh, Ben uh, has done so many of them and and also his family too, you know, like mm. you, you know that he's like in the living room with the wife and kids, oh, you know, great. taking sound oh, samples. Right. Um, but so we developed this thing where it's called the Sound Cave, the Sirenscape Sound Cave, and we take it out to conventions and other places where we'll, we'll run into other gamers, and it's a portable recording booth, and so fans will come inside and do a fi- do recordings, uh, and, and it's great because it's this booth, but it all, we did a little cave facade on it, and there's a, a doorway that's got a dragon in it, so you have to go into the dragon's cave, um, and then once, once they're in there, we'll ask them to record a, a specific sound. So this summer, actually, at Gen Con, we're going to be asking fans to come uh, give us their voices. We're not sure yet what we're going to be asking them for, um, but it will be for Dragon Heist. Mm. And so Sweet. the D&D community can oh actually God, become so cool. immortalized mm. in an official D&D RPG sound set, which would be was pretty exciting. Yeah, we've That's been discussing fantastic. maybe either uh, a monster that needs a group of lots of different cries of a similar kind, so we don't actually have the same voice actor doing all the same cries, so it sounds like one person trying to put on different voices. <laughs> or uh, indeed a street, people passing on the street yes. making sort of random comments or whatever because as I said you know we, we you don't want the same sound to be noticed repeating itself ever so right. if we can get a hundred different sort of random street comments that you just subliminally hear right. somewhere in the background mixed in with a whole mush of other sounds then that, that's, that works really really well for the app bring out your dad yeah, like, right, yeah. over and over again <laughs> oh, Marjorie said blah, 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 blah. <laughs> exactly the, the Shoggoth like what we did yeah, for the, the Shoggoth, Shoggoth is amazing. so cool so we, yeah, we we uh, made a backing track of a whole lot of lines, uh, sort of Cthulhu-esque lines. You know, I kind of want to eat your soul and have it on toast for breakfast like Vegemite. Which is Vegemite's an As Australian thing. That's right. Yeah. Are you talking about sound stuff again? That's right, that's right. I don't understand that. It's a three-toned Vegemite. Uh, uh, where was I? Oh, I'm just thinking of Vegemite. We were making this. Um, sorry, we made a guide track of the of me saying these sounds, and we got everyone in the whole world uh, at all the cons we went to, UK Games Expo, Gen Con, blah, blah, blah. Literally every convention yeah, we yeah. went to last year. <laughs> and, and everyone recorded in perfect unison or the best they could manage together with this soundtrack, and then we placed all their voices together, Ooh. and it was like the Borg of Cthulhu, a kind of like group uh, sort of mind-destroying psychic like horror all speaking voices. in unison. Yeah, a thousand voices making the one so singular creepy. voice yeah. of the Shoggoth and creature. it's just Ooh. epic. And then we also got everyone to improvise just general blah 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 blah, 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 blah horror and, and and general things and then we made that kind of a wash 
of literally dozens and dozens and dozens of all voices intertwining. You just hear kind of death emerge or a psychic laugh or something. And that was really, really spooky. Mm. And we literally wouldn't have been able to do that without the fans coming and, and you know, the options are hire a thousand voice actors <laughs> or, or um, you know, let people come and have some fun with Sirenscape. And, and everyone who contributes to a sound set gets that sound set for free when we release it, which is super oh, that's cool. Even and we have cool. a credits page, yeah, yeah. so people get to have their name in lights mm, and they get to right. you know, sort of bragging rights that they were able to contribute yeah. to the official well, sounds the, of their favorite game. I love that too as a dungeon master that you can be like, oh, you know, I did this, I went to this convention and this is the sound that you're... But after, after the session, so it doesn't yeah. break immersion. But like yeah. that feel of being a part of... Uh, uh, the story that everybody can interact with, uh, I think, is I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a benefit unto itself. I've got it here actually. So Shogo, so and that's in the public domain as well. So, so we're safe. That's right. Oh, I just <laughs> spelled it shotgun. Okay, that's. Oh, thank you, autocorrect. That's so hilarious. Shotgun. Sorry. Shotgun. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Ah. Right. Shog. That's not the shotgun. Apple. There's so many different. Uh, uh, mentally challenging okay, uh, demons that will come and eat your brains. That's, That's what's right. been so, happening so this whole trying, time. So I was trying to trigger... Here we are, so... So these are individual attendees. Yeah, okay. That's creepy. It's super creepy. I'm already yeah. scared. Here's them all together. Here we are. Right, UK Games Expo. I am I am and here's Gen Con. So oh, creepy. <laughs> there is no dark side of the moon. That's right. Not really. So, yeah, so mm. when you asked about how many sounds Sirenscape has, there's yes. one for, like, I mean, pretty much any setting, right? And how Ben was talking about, you know, you can add light. Uh, swords mm. to your dragon <laughs> sounds, if you want. Um, but yeah, whether it's a it's a you know a beach on a uh, mm. you know a coastal coastline somewhere, mm. or it's mm. a bustling town, or it's a dragon raid. Uh, there's something for for every sound. And you were saying that also people use this not in a tabletop RPG settings mm. as well, just mm. uh, uh, as office background music or yeah. in that, therapy. The, the like that sounds so one cool. Is very pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you really can bring up any audio landscape that you want to yeah. listen to. And so, yeah, we've got folks listening to it just as, you know, background music in yeah. their office. Um, but then also we've got teachers and educators and, and folks who work with uh, kids with autism. Like there's a whole, been a whole lot of uses that they've really found that this um, sort of dynamic sound yeah. tool has been really beneficial. Nerd Strong Gym use it to motivate their their interactive RPG exercise sessions. Really? Just, they sent me a video of it the other day. It's just oh, yeah. amazing. What is, wait, what is Nerd Strong yeah, Gym? Strong, yeah. It's uh, Look it up. It's like a, a CrossFit class, yeah. but it's done with with art fantasy RPG flavor. Yeah, Sweet. and so the yeah, so your exercise is all yeah, like no. you know. Okay, now wield Wait. your broadsword up over your head or whatever. I, I think you get bonuses to the roles <laughs> that you then roll. Yeah, totally. Yes. Do twenty. Let's do it. Crimp, what, what's a what's a fitness word? I don't know any. I don't know, right? <laughs> This is like this is like the sound <laughs> jargon conversation. So, how long before uh, you don't need a tablet, and this is just your brain can control the soundtrack for your players? Oh, we have talked about voice control because that's the thing that's almost working. You could have it listen to what the game master s says, and then it could just react and play things. But that almost could be like oh. it could be even worse than good. I but wonder that, if you could do that with like like an Alexa or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's quite plausible. She, 
No, she's listening. Yeah, she, she just turned on and everybody's uh, uh, <laughs> homes <laughs> right now. Play Danger Zone. <laughs> we would love to we make Sirenscape. We don't have the license for that. <laughs> if, uh, yes, if anybody who works with Alexa is listening, yeah. we would love <laughs> to make Sirenscape for Alexa. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to be able Follow. to walk. I'd like yeah, to be able to walk in and say, "Oh, Sirenscape, play Stony Beach," and it just starts, and then. Yeah. Uh, add rain and some rain gets. That would be cool. If, I feel like it would break hear. immersion though if you were if you were giving voice. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be terrible. Game. Yeah, no, not in the turn game. Turn her, her on. Give her a, a skill, like, mm-hmm. and then she's yeah. listening. And then when the dungeon master's like, you walk outside and it's pouring rain, and then it just <sighs> triggers the rain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you hear a red dragon in the distance, and then yeah, yeah. And Alexa picks she's that up and says, "The only problem with that is they're like, you know, the king is dead. Long may the next king reign." <laughs> yeah, like his, his his name's Bart. <laughs> no, no, no! I said Bart. <laughs> no, no, really, Bart. <laughs> How come we don't have this for Quinn going right now? I need this. Our kids would yeah, love that. We love took that. it there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I put farts in science. Greg Hors, right. you did. Greg no, Hors. did you source those individually? And was that also people at conventions in the sound? Are they no. also organized by by food consumed or vegetarian smell? on Weight Watchers? Is there a smell factor? The burps actually are really interesting. They oh, came from a, a radio. A fan uh-huh. of Sirenscape runs a radio show, and they ran a competition to uh, record to find the best burp, and and all their fans of the radio show. I posted in all these burps and then that's they asked permission cool. to their fans to then pass them on to Sirenscape so we could put them in Sirenscape and that's why there are now burps in Sirenscape <coughs> oh, oh. That's so excuse me sorry yeah. editing them no it was editing that was literally nauseating it was like really that's really yeah <laughs> I had to t- kind of t- do it in 20 minute stints oh, yes. is there throw up sounds uh, no no yeah, there Palette. is there is no oh, no, no. <laughs> you're gonna hear it can we do a palate cleansing fireball right now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do a fireball. Burn. Fire, burn, burn it, burn it. Burn. Burn. Bring back the seagulls. Light, light those. Oh. <laughs> There's nothing better than burning vomit smell Absolutely. with your helm at the end. It really just makes you part of the part of the environment. I feel like no, something just happened to us that would it? not have happened if you didn't have the That's sounds right. going. We were fully immersed. It's That's true. Right. We were in it. We were fully immersed in vomit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. This is yes. so cool. I can't wait for uh, the Dragon Heist mm. uh, sound pack to come out. Do we know when that might be? Uh, I believe September 8th is the release yes. date. Nice. So, yeah. We're, and we're planning on having uh, the entire sound set for Dragon Heist available on day one. So, um, if anybody, you know, whoever's going to pick up and play this this adventure should start on day one um, mm. playing with sound. Mm. Yeah, because, absolutely. I mean, it's the first time in, you know, this game that's been around for decades that's going to have its own soundtrack to go along with that's it. That's yeah. so cool. That's really with cool. literally stars of, of, of the team who design and build and wrote the adventure acting out the characters that, oh. they, that they love. Which is so cool. Uh, you can. That. You will totally be in it. You, you can buy. You're, oh, yeah. you're not getting yes. out of it now. Absolutely. I'm totally I don't want getting to. It. I, I don't want to. We've get been out recording of it. in your cubicle all of the farts for like the last <laughs> 25 days. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to sign this release form. There is a gray ooze which could use those sorts of explosions. Bart, Bart already called the gray ooze. He was like, yeah, "This yeah. is my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's right. Really? I can do all these sounds." Yeah, really? He did. He did. Yeah, it's going to be cool. awesome. The gray ooze. So you'll be people will be able to buy the product just as the, the sound sets, the sound pack, just as a one-off, which just as a one-off purchase. Or you can also actually unlock everything in Sirenscape with a subscription as well. And you can find that out all the information at Sirenscape.com. And you can just also download the Fantasy Player right now. 
at sirenscape.com slash download and it comes with like eight free sound sets including that dragon battle which I demoed and the storm sound set and a kind of a medieval town and some things just get you started so you can find out how it works and use it at your table already for free and then yeah grab the cool stuff which is shiny sweet and that's uh, September 8th is the same day that Waterdeep Dragon Heist is going to be available in game stores Uh, so you'll be ready to go right from uh, day one which is going to be fun great Uh, how I mean you got all the Sirenscape information but how can people find out about you guys personally like what you're doing uh, uh, where, where can people follow you if you want that. If you really. want that. <laughs> I, I, I tend to share my life through the Sirenscape feed because um, I'm tragic and Because cool. it's taken over your life. It's taken over really my life at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but you can, you can you know, find me through, through the Sirenscape feed and through Facebook. If you just search for Benjamin Looms, it's quite a unique name. Uh, you, you'll find out about me and yeah, all the things I've done so on my YouTube channel. On Twitter, that's at Benjamin Looms? Or is uh, that yeah, I don't actually use I did make a Twitter account, but I'm bad and I didn't use it. Oh, I just, so the Sirenscape is the best place yeah, to find sense. all of us. Yeah. You see, all my, I take photos of pretty places like Seattle Mountains and things when I go on tour and post that on the Sirenscape feed because it's beautiful I and I like beautiful that. things. It's mm. true. Any we footage love of you as an opera singer? There are. You can actually see me singing on my YouTube channel. So if you go there and search for Benjamin Looms, you'll, you'll find a couple of little tidbits. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, Tidbits, Americans say that. Yes. Yes. I have to make sure I speak American when I'm here. <laughs> it's very difficult. That's Water. Right. Yeah. Water. Water. <laughs> water. Isn't that the word you said that you, ha- you struggle with? Yes. No, sh- uh, yeah, water. Yeah, water. 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 When we I also keep to, saying uh, I need to go to Harmon, the... Similar. I need to keep saying I need to go to the loo or need to go to the toilet. And Americans look a little bit sort of uh, awkward when you say yeah. you're going to the toilet. Yeah. Toilet. Washroom. Yeah, that's so that's right. Washroom, man. Yeah. Uh, let alone sidewalk, which I still can't get... I, I say footpath. The Americans say... The, the Austra- yeah. English say... No, English say footpath. I don't know. Pavement, you say, don't you? Sidewalk. Yeah. Sidewalk. sidewalk. English say pavement. Americans say... Sidewalk. I don't and you know say anymore. Australian <laughs> footpath. That's right. Well, Australians call liquor stores bottle shop? Yeah, or bottle O. Or what? Bottle O. Bottle We shorten everything. I say Arvo. Bottle-o. I say Arvo for afternoon. And in fact, I'm trying to convince some Americans that we say Morvo as well, which we don't really, but it'd be really funny if I heard someone Good say Morvo. Morvo. Good Morvo. Good Morvo. <laughs> Top of the Morvo to you. I saw, I saw a YouTube uh, video you the other Aust- day. For your Irish Australians. <laughs> Irish Australians. There's a lot. I saw a YouTube video <laughs> which the premise was that Australians shorten everything to O, like, you know, like Bottle O and, and Garbo and uh, Lezo and all sorts of things. And I, I was like, oh, this is going to be so, I don't, I don't, I don't speak Australian. And I listened to it like, yep, I say that. Yep, I say that. Yep, I say that. Oh, okay. It was like two out of a hundred that I didn't say. <laughs> but now you like, didn't even realize the slang yeah, had taken right. over so much. You're, you're totally Australian. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you passed the test. I like rocket lettuce too. You name checked Vegemite in this interview. So, yeah. Sorry, Without even thinking about it, he's just like, oh, <laughs> Vegemite. Vegemite. I want some. As you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vegemite's gross. By it the is way. pretty gross. Oh. I've tried it like I'm five so times. Sorry. I'm, I'm really, saying it. I'm you like it. it? I like it, but I let Marmite is my preference, which is stronger oh, than Vegemite. Yeah, yeah that's oh, I, maybe that's the one I had, and it was not. The trick, you put very little on is the number one clue, right? Everyone out there in Radioland, they're like they put on too much, and you're like, put it on like jam. That's right. No, I did that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's brave. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know any better. I'm like, I want to try this. I'm that's here. right. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. so gross. That's oh, like no, my really kids were like, I want some salt. And they were like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, you take a bite of that. <laughs> See if you like it. Oh, Does everyone feel rich it. now? Marmite all the time. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, love it. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we've I got. I carry some on tour. Like I've, yeah, I've got my little jar of yeah. Marmite. With really? Me for the, ho- makes hotel breakfast so you know, much you better. Can go to <laughs> Husky Deli in West Seattle and stock up. They mm-hmm. have some. They really? do. They have a lot of good import brands there. I love it. 
so we've got the the sound board. Now we need a taste board. Yes. And a smell, smell board, board for all yes. the farts and burps. Oh. Uh, and the dragon thing. So With lighting. I'd love to integrate lighting. Like it's literally one of our blue sky blue sky plans. Is, or blue is lights. Blue, yeah. To, to have so when you hit a, a storm mood, it sets your storm. hue lighting to blue. Ooh. And then when uh, lightning. the lightning triggers, yeah. it goes flash flash. It's actually reasonably practical to do. So as soon as we get the dev time to actually do that, then we'll we'll be moving into or that like tool. When you lift up. The yep. lid of a treasure mm-hmm. or a, a trunk mm-hmm. and like the gold. You can have a gold yep. light shining yep. on oh. your yep. face. <laughs> like Pulp Fiction style. You like that. Totally. I, like, you, just, you got so into the part really? there. <laughs> I'm immersed. The gold is shining. You have, like, you have the sound of like treasure going through my fingertips. Oh, like. <laughs> yes. Oh, look at Greg's making sounds. I'm making sounds left and right. Oh That's gosh, uh, four hundred dollars for that sound app. if you guys want. <laughs> That's the friends and family price. Yeah, exactly. Usually friends of Dragon Talk. Four thousand. <laughs> well, again, thank you guys so much. Yeah. I'm excited about uh, uh, the uh, Dragon High Sound Pack coming out, Sound Eighth, along with the adventure. And uh, everybody, follow along, and there'll be yeah, more information to come in the future. Correct? Yeah. Yay. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter yeah, yeah, yeah. and Instagram and all that. Yeah. Very nonsense. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. <laughs> Oh, man, that was a very good interview. I love talking to uh, creative folks who are doing the thing that they love, and uh, uh, it sounds like Ben is making that happen with Sirenscape. I have been playing with it since that interview, and it is uh, blowing my mind a little bit. I can't wait to start using that in my home games uh, as well as uh, trying to integrate it into more streaming stuff. So let's make it happen. I know I know, Matt, Matt Mercer does a really good job of using that on critical role um it's just like another uh, tool to add into your toolbox as a dungeon master uh, i tried to do some of it with playing music uh from a cd back in the early aughts there and that always made it hard but this kind of a soundboard mentality really works uh with the push button uh, ability of it really good stuff and uh, i can't wait to see where they go from next uh, i also want to give you another preview because they have the sound set that we were talking about uh, a little bit ready to go so here's a fun one here is yugra your pig like killing the mate does ya i'm not sure exactly what she says there but it sounds pretty terrible well let me show you how i feel about that well let me show you how i feel about that uh, I like that a lot. Uh, good uh, accents there. Uh, and then, of course, there's always a troll ready to attack. Uh, you can find out more about Sirenscape uh, at uh, their website, uh, sirenscape.com. You can also uh, find out everything about what's going on in the Dungeons & Dragons world by uh, downloading Dragon Plus to your Android or iOS device. It has a new issue out there very soon, uh, if not already in your hands. Uh, It is the kids' issue, if I'm not mistaken, Um, and it's got lots of fun stuff available for you there, too. Um, As I said, you can download that for your um, devices, but you can also access that on your dragonmag.com on the web. All that fun stuff is available at your fingertips. It also has a great uh, aggregator of all of the Dungeons & Dragons social media accounts. Uh, So if you're looking for a way to track all that in once, Dragon Plus has got you covered. It's good stuff. There are also lots of fun stuff coming from Art and Arcana. It's visual history uh, of Dungeons & Dragons from 10-Speed Press. We gave them all kinds of access to the artwork created for Dungeons & Dragons, and this book 
what's more than 400 pages with more than 700 pieces of art traces the illustrated history of Dungeons and Dragons from uh, 1974 and before to today. Uh, I think there's even an image from the Stream of Annihilation made it into the printed uh, version of the book, which is really cool. You can find out more uh, about Art and Arcana, a visual history from 10 Speed Press uh, by going to their website uh, or searching for that. It's available everywhere on October 23rd and uh, the authors are pretty cool and you'll be hearing more from them uh, as we get closer to that date. Gale Force 9 is an awesome partner and they're doing some great things by putting Nolzer's Marvelous Pigments out there for you to purchase. Have you ever done any uh, uh, painting of miniatures out there? Uh, it's, a, it's a part of this hobby that I have not delved into. I've usually depended upon the pre-painted miniatures but there is something really cool about getting something that's a blank canvas and uh, putting your own personal spin on the coloring of what your halfling mage looks like for example. And now you can do that with uh, licensed stuff from Gale Force 9. Uh, as I said, there is uh, the line uh, is called Nolzor's Marvelous Pigments. There's a couple of sets out there, an adventurer paint set, a monster paint set, and a brush set. Uh, the adventurer set comes with uh, 10 more paints, a brush, and an exclusive, that's right, exclusive Minsk Mini, uh, Minsk and Boo uh, being the characters from Baldur's Gate you might recognize uh, from the Stream of Many Eyes as uh, a previous Dragon Talk guest, Trent Oster, dressed as him. Uh, well, you get him in miniature form. Uh, the monster paint set has 36 paints, including an Owlbear Mini, which I've heard great things from miniature painters that they love this version of the Owlbear. So check that out. There's also a brush set. Uh, Gale Force 9 is also working on Vault of Dragons, which is a bar- board game for two to four players. Um, uh, set in Waterdeep, all taking place around the Waterdeep Dragon Heist storyline. So a couple good things coming from Gale Force 9, which is awesome. Beetle and Grimm's is just coming off of their appearance at Gen Con uh, in Indianapolis. They, I think, were there with another uh, friend of the brand in Wormwood Gaming. And uh, if you're unsure of what is Beetle and Grimm's, it is a company co-founded by uh, a a D&D group in their middle middle ages uh, getting a platinum box for Waterdeep Dragon Heist together. That's right. The Waterdeep Dragon Heist Platinum Edition. It contains everything you need to run that adventure with style, including uh, high-quality battle maps, uh, more than 20 miniatures for use in uh, many different encounters, original artwork, a premium DM screen, and tons of props uh, to hand out to your players to really increase the immersive nature of your game. Uh, Coins, tokens, badges, that type of things, tactile, that uh, really transport you into the world of Waterdeep Dragon Heist. That uh, box, the Waterdeep Dragon Heist Platinum Edition, is available for pre-order right now, and it will be out uh, in October for delivery. So good stuff there, worth checking out. We'll be talking to those guys more in the fall as well, uh, including uh, probably another interview with Mr. Matthew Lillard, who is uh, kind of the driving force behind uh, the, at least, you know, the frontward-facing parts of Beetle and Grimm's. In fact, just so you know, I think Beetle was his character that he played for many, many years, and they created a shop in, let's say, Waterdeep, uh, where you can buy all this stuff. So ties into a whole bunch of stuff that's going on here with uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, we also have the ABCs and 123s of D&D coming out, which are super cool uh, introductions to the world of Dungeons & Dragons for your little ones. 
rhyming couplets written by Ivan Van Norman, uh, illustrations by Caleb Cleveland. It's pretty cool. Uh, they'll be out in stores October 23rd. They're only 15 bucks each, so great gifts to add to your list for imaginative kids in your um, uh, brood. Is that the right word? It's probably the wrong word to use, but it's definitely out there for uh, for fans of Dungeons and Dragons to get to to try and spawn new fans. Gosh, I'm making it sound pretty gross, but you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I feel like there's one more other thing I wanted to. Pick. Oh yeah, the coloring book. Uh, I can't wait for Adventures Outlined to come out, and I don't have to wait too long because it's going to be out on October 20th everywhere. This is a true coloring book with artwork created specifically to color in by Todd James. More of this pen and line artwork uh, that is iconically drawn to look like a uh, comic book from the early 1980s. I just love the style. He depicts the different monsters and adventurers within Dungeons & Dragons with a a really interesting flair. And I can't wait to get that with my kids and and color it in with some crayons because it looks pretty awesome. There's also snippets of text on the fa- uh, paces, paces on the pages facing uh, the drawings, uh, written by none other than Adam Lee from the Dungeons and Dragons team. So that's cool stuff coming out Octo- uh, August twentieth everywhere, and it is definitely another thing that I'm going to add to my list to get to uh, all the kids out there come this fall. So check it out if you can in game stores uh, on August tenth, but uh, it'll be everywhere uh, August twentieth. Actually, is that right? It might be August twenty first. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yes, August 21st. I've been saying 20th this whole time. I'm so wrong. Where is Shelly? I need her to correct me. Uh, she'll be coming back next week. We'll, we'll record uh, one of these intros for the next episode for that. I'm going to stop talking right now. Uh, you are the best. Thank you, everyone who listens to all of these podcasts. Uh, you make us happy on a daily basis, as you mentioned us on Twitter. Um, you can do that. Uh, I'm at Greg Tito. I uh, love to hear from you. Uh, Shelly is at Shelly Moo. And if you want to find out anything about uh, this whole game that we're talking about, uh, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com or download Dragon Plus for your Android and iOS phone. And uh, while you're at it uh, on all those things, you know, I haven't said this in a while, but definitely give us a review uh, or uh, tell people about the show. We definitely want to make as many more people out in the community aware of what we're doing here and uh, the parts of the community that we highlight with our interviews and things like that. So let, let, uh, let people know. Sing the word out on your channels. All right. You're the best, everyone. The only thing I really have to see is if I want to explore a little bit into this cave. And, uh, hey, what's this thing do? Ah! Rocks are falling and I'm dead. <laughs>